Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. And we're excited to talk to Alex Newman, one of my favorite guests. And uh, he just got back from Egypt recently. He was at the COP27 Climate Change Summit. We're going to talk about that, plus this push for a so-called new Ten Commandments. Yes, you heard that right. And a one-world religion, of course, no surprise to most of us. Um, but we are also going to talk about the public schools, and we're going to touch on so much information coming out um, in part, thanks to Elon Musk. The Twitter files, um, could all this be true that social media, the big tech media conglomerate uh, run by Democrats and liberals, helped Joe Biden win in 2020? Is that true? Is more information coming out? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to start with some scripture because we've got to get our perspective before we kick off this day and this week. In Psalm 37, starting verse 30, just going to read a couple of verses. It contrasts the wicked and the righteous in this psalm. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart, and his steps do not slip. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. Wrongdoers will altogether be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be eliminated, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. So Alex Newman is our guest today, journalist, educator, CEO of the Liberty Sentinel, author, and he's an education writer for the Newman Report at Freedom Project Media, senior editor for the New American Magazine, a columnist for the Illinois Family Institute, a contributor to the Epoch Times World Net Daily, and executive director of Public School Exit. And he just got back from Egypt. We can't wait to uh, hear what he has to say. Alex, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Thank you so much for having me, brother. It's great to be here. Okay, we will get to Public School Exit, and it's such an important uh, organization that is actually a movement of people trying to just get kids out of these schools where they're being indoctrinated, particularly Christian families. But I want to go to a breaking story over the last several days or the week. Um, Twitter, uh, Elon Musk, these files now show that Twitter obviously, now we wrote about this, we've talked about this, you and I have for you know a couple of years. Um, so the platform evidently helped Biden in 2020. To what level and how much information do we have that might be pursued by honest journalists? Alex, your, your overall thoughts. Well, what's coming out of Twitter is very interesting. Um, you know, I, I think it, it kind of confirms what we all knew already, that uh, Twitter was wildly rigged in favor of Democrat politicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was kind of common knowledge. You know, the Hunter Biden story, uh, we all know it was suppressed. We all know that the clowns of the so-called intelligence agencies 
got together and falsely claimed that it was probably Russian disinformation. Uh, a quick reminder, as of yet, none of these people have apologized for being so incredibly wrong about such an incredibly important issue. Uh, these are the John Brennans of the world, the people who we pay way too much money and mm-hmm. way too huge a pensions for uh, to come up with this kind of claptrap. Well, Alex, can, um, I, can we pause right there a minute? Can you explain that? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's sad that we have to do this, but a lot of people don't know. When you said Hunter Biden's story, people hear about a laptop or something that happened, but they have no idea why, because the media did not report on it. They covered it up. So what is all that about? What was on this laptop and, and what, what did they find out that, that now even CBS apparently admitted that this is true? Well, uh, it was a laptop filled with incredible things, uh, including a lot of pictures and video of Hunter Biden using drugs, uh, crack smoking, crack pipes and things like that, uh, sexual activities, some of them with uh, females that uh, very much appear to be underage. Mm. Uh, there was also uh, some very interesting text messages and recordings on there. One of the recordings that I've been uh, playing to audiences all across the country it involves one of Hunter Biden's business deals, and he's talking about it on the phone. Um, and he says, uh, you know, I'm now a partner with the blank, blank, blank uh, spy chief of China, um, which, uh, you know, you'd think that'd be a pretty serious national security concern that uh, the son of a leading presidential candidate and then later, quote unquote, president uh, is involved in business deals with the head of intelligence for the most murderous dictatorship in all of human history. Uh, an open adversary to the United States of America. Uh, that's also where we found out about uh, how the big guy was getting 10% of uh, cut on all these so-called business deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by big guy, uh, he meant uh, his dad, right. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, so these corrupt business deals that were that uh, Joe Biden was helping, he was getting a nice big cut from these business deals. Uh, and I mean, it goes really deep, right? Yes. Uh, we learned more about his involvement with Burisma Holdings, that quote-unquote Ukrainian energy company where Hunter Biden was serving on the board for $50,000 a month. So um, basically we found evidence of all sorts of criminal activity, including criminal activity that jeopardizes the national security of the United States, including corruption from some of our highest um, government officials, including President Joe Biden. Well, let's also remind people that the New York Post reported that the FBI was also involved, warning Twitter to expect... Uh, I guess what they call hack and leak operations involving Hunter Biden in the weeks before the 2020 elections. And we heard Facebook um, uh, CEO um, Zuckerberg admit that the FBI, I don't remember how the wording was, but they, they basically told him to pull this because it's expect misinformation coming. Uh, please elaborate on that, Alex. Yeah, so that was a really interesting admission we had from the head of a fascist book, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, he was on Joe Rogan. And he explained that um, basically the FBI had uh, contacted Facebook and told them to uh, to please quash this uh, Hunter Biden laptop story because it was probably Russian disinformation. And, uh, of course, it wasn't Russian disinformation, but uh, over 50 top-level uh, former intelligence officials, um, including you know household names, came out and publicly said this was probably Russian disinformation, um, which, I, you know, either they don't have a brain, which I don't buy that for a second, or they were deliberately lying. They were deliberately running cover for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So um, so you had this incredible suppression of uh, critical information that the American people had a right to know, orchestrated by high-level people in government and uh, and big tech. So, so 
the D- DHS earlier this year, um, Democrats so-called def- defined disinformation, and their purpose was to censor, really, the opposition, differing views. That is communist policy. They're putting out their propaganda, and they're suppressing what you and I would consider factual or truthful information, but just because it doesn't align with their agenda, they do not want the public to hear about it. We're in a dangerous, dangerous time here when it comes to free speech in America, aren't we? Uh, we really are, David. Uh, just last week, I interviewed um, a former senior engineer at Google and YouTube, Zach Borges, and he told me that uh, basically after the 2016 election, Google completely rigged its algorithms to suppress uh, all viewpoints that it didn't like um, and to promote fake news like CNN and New York Times, uh, which Elon Musk quite correctly just referred to the New York Times as uh, an unregistered lobbyist of far-left politicians. He's exactly (laughs) right. Um, And so that's what Google is doing. He also mentioned that all the big tech companies are absolutely packed to the gills with spies from communist China. So here we have election interference. Mm -hmm. Here we have foreign election interference. There's probably more foreigners working in these big tech companies than there are Americans. And yet these foreigners are making critical decisions that uh, even without the vote rigging, the fake ballots, the DNC scandals, the the machines, even without that, uh, are going to be affecting the outcome of elections. In fact, uh, Robert Epstein, another guy from Google, came out and said in 2016, they shifted millions of votes to Hillary Clinton merely by changing their algorithms. So we have an incredibly serious problem here. Uh, It's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's Google, it's all these companies in collusion with the government. Right? One of the emails that uh, came out in the Twitter files just now, uh, it was emails between senior executives at Twitter, and it was a big list of tweets that, quote-unquote, Team Biden had sent over to Twitter staff uh, and expressed concern about. And then uh, another senior Twitter exec uh, writes back in the corporate email and says handled, right, which means either they, they suppressed those or they deleted those because Team Biden asked for it. Can you imagine if Trump called up Twitter and said, hey, take down this tweet, it makes me look bad? Oh, my goodness. Man, yep. this is crazy. So let's let's uh, let everybody know what how this happened. Now we know this by the way this has been going on for at least a decade with Google, Facebook, Twitter and others. Um Google uh, suppressing search results. Um and let let's move on though. CEO, the new CEO of Twitter, Elon Musk. How was he able to do this and how did this all work? I know there was kind of a that he, you know, some people resigned, some people were fired. I mean, he just did a house cleaning at Twitter, but he found out there's a lot of information that was suppressed going back to this 2020 election. Um, what are the Twitter files and, and how did, how did he have the power just because he took it over to do this? Which I believe is a good thing. Whether, now whether it's Democrat or Republican, if there's corruption, if you're silencing, um, opposition and not allowing free speech, I don't care what side you're on. We need to speak against that. So Alex, Elon Musk, how does he uh, do all this? Well, he came in and he bought Twitter, basically. Um, and uh, he uh, he's basically the big cheese at Twitter. He calls himself the chief twit. Um, <laughs> and so that gave him access to everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came out early on and said, uh, you know, I'm going to be exposing what's been going on here at Twitter. Uh, and frankly, you know, this is stuff that a lot of us knew about already anyways, right? I, I've uh, I spent a lot of time talking to Dr. Shiva, who was a U.S. Senate candidate running in Massachusetts. And uh, he sued Twitter when they deleted him off of Twitter and what he found out in this case, and actually the, the federal judge overseeing the case said law students uh, for decades were going to be studying this case. When he sued Twitter, he found out that Twitter had taken down his account 
in response to an order from a government official because uh, he had basically put out information that they were rigging the vote. He had evidence of it. He put it on Twitter. And so a, a government official contacted Twitter and said, you need to take that down. And they did. And they took down his account. Uh, they're doing the same thing in Brazil right now. Uh, you've got this uh, this uh, crooked Supreme Electoral Court ordering the social media companies to take down everybody who complains about vote fraud. Uh, in fact, threatening them with prosecution if they don't comply. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we and, and even at Google, you know, you have the head of U.N. communications, Melissa Fleming. She came out um, maybe a month ago on a World Economic Forum podcast and bragged about how the U.N. now has a, an official partnership with Google Jeez. to suppress uh, what she described as climate misinformation, wow. which is, you know, for example, our true reporting on climate change yeah. and the U.N. process and to promote U.N. propaganda. And we've mm-hmm. seen it in the search results. So yeah. it's just out of control, David, and people need to make their voices heard and stop relying on these evil companies. Yes. And please raise awareness about this, friends. I know it, it might seem tedious and there's a lot of resistance to the truth and to actual facts but please uh, do your part because uh, silence has not worked. Um, Alex, let's move on now. We originally talked about when you were going to be on today, um, talking about your recent trip to Egypt and the UN Climate Summit, the uh, COP27 Climate Change Summit. So let's talk about that uh, in for the rest of this segment. And what did you find out and what the heck are these new Ten Commandments? Yeah, it was uh, incredible. Um, I, I've been going to these since 2009, uh, fresh out of journalism school. I went to the COP15 in Copenhagen. This was the COP27. Wow. And, um, you know, it, it's getting more and more unhinged. Um, you know, the first year I went, it was fun. There was debate. A lot of scientists came and said, hey, you people are lying. Uh, Senator James Inhofe blew in and, and held a press conference and said, all right, all you clowns go home. You're not getting any American money. I guarantee you this is dead on arrival when it gets to Congress. Hmm. Uh, it was a very different time. Now, uh, you know, just in the last few years, we've watched it go from uh, global warming to climate change to climate crisis to climate emergency. Uh, the big buzzword this time was climate hell. Right? Huh. The head of the United Nations said we're headed towards climate hell. Joe Biden said we're headed to climate hell. And so to avoid us going to climate hell, uh, they actually had a, a new Ten Commandments drafted, a Ten Commandments of Climate Change. And a true story, I, I, this is all true, uh, they walked up uh, what is said to be Mount Sinai and revealed these new, ten- first they did a climate repentance ceremony, they had pagans, they had demon worshippers, they flew in a uh, shaman from the Amazon rainforest, of they course. had uh, Hindus, Muslims, Jews, so-called Christians, all united in um, repenting of their carbon dioxide emissions and their meat eating and their air travel, I mean, absolutely ridiculous <laughs> spectacle. And then they came out with these new Ten Commandments. And one of the things that was so interesting, David, I feel like this is probably why God sent me over there. Um, you know, I, I ran into the clowns who organized this thing, who came up with the new Ten Commandments, all the ringleaders, and said, hey, could I interview you guys? And like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So we went and we got a room, and I had 40 minutes I wow. sat down with these guys and talked to them. And uh, it, they actually dug even deeper, if you can believe it or not. Uh, one of them, uh, James Sternlich, he's the head of the Peace Department, one of the organizations that organized this. Um, he says to me, yeah, you know, the, we acknowledge that the communications wasn't quite right. Um, you know, people think we're trying to replace the Ten Commandments, which it's not obvious that we're not trying to do that. Uh, so what we're saying now is we're actually, uh, these are an addendum to the Ten Commandments, and uh, we're working on the Third Covenant right now, and uh, we're going to be building the Kingdom of Heaven here on the Earth. Whoa! I'm myself, I cannot believe this guy is saying these things yeah. on camera. Yes. Uh, truly incredible, David. So I sense a new book coming from Alex Newman in the very near future. 
future, including a chapter or much of it on this. But I want to just look this article that you wrote over the New American amid UN climate summit. Religious leaders unveil new Ten Commandments. Now, we expect this radicalism coming from the UN, coming from the World Economic Forum, coming from the NIH or whoever. But we're talking about all these religious leaders. Uh, I know Pope Francis has a, a, a an agenda here. But uh, there's a move toward a united global religious movement organized around Mother Earth. And, I, you know, they never call them Father Earth. But the bizarre ceremonies, you say, were organized by the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development. A lot of people, Alex Newman, still don't really grasp what sustainable development is. Can you give us a brief refresher on that and why this is important? Sure. So the UN, if you ask the UN what the uh, sustainable development is, they've got huge numbers of different definitions. But it basically boils down to um, we're going to save resources for future generations and we're not going to pollute the planet, right? But if you actually dig into what they're saying, uh, they've come up with this kind of communist uh, 15-year plan. Uh, it was adopted in 2015 uh, by all the national governments of the world. It's called Agenda 2030. And uh, really, when you boil it down, sustainable development is essentially global communism. Uh, you take all the principles that God has ordained, all the moral laws that he has revealed, and you flip them upside down. And you get a good sense of uh, where this is going, right? Like God says, thou shalt not steal. And so in uh, goal number 10 of the 17 sustainable development goals, they say, well, everything must be stolen because uh, obviously God uh, didn't know what he was doing when these resources were distributed. And so uh, we're going to have to redistribute them. And they actually say in there that national socialism is not enough anymore, right? You got to have global wealth redistribution. The wealth has to be redistributed within and among nations. In other words, take money from the dying middle class in the Western world and handed out to the kleptocrats who kept the third world mired in poverty. So uh, sustainable development is, is basically a plan for total global government, um, and it affects every facet of life, right? They're coming after our farmers and our ranchers under the guise of sustainable development. They're coming after our uh, energy production, our energy exploration. Um, they want you to eat bugs instead of meat. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are saying. Mm-hmm. Right? So then the World Economic Forum brought the, uh, the businesses to the table here. Uh, World Economic Forum is, of course, the one run by that uh, Klaus Schwab, Mr. Zumas, it's the bugs, we need a great reset. Um, <laughs> I'm sure people have seen him. He's, he's like a caricature of himself. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, incredible. And so now you've got the religion, right? So Peter Drucker, a uh, management guru, uh, he actually talked about how any big change requires this three-legged stool. You've got the, the public sector, which is the government, the private sector, which are the businesses, and then what he referred to as the social sector, which is primarily the religion. And so what was happening here at this COP27, more clearly than at any before it, was that they're now bringing on that third leg of the stool, the religious component, by bringing all these religions together to rally around Agenda 2030 and climate change. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, I'm looking at other quotes in your article over at The New American on this ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, for example, uh, issued a public statement denouncing the abuse of nature and the exploitation of its resources as a sin against God and the gift of creation. And then there's a rabbi that said many people fear that humans have irrevocably destroyed the ecology of Eden on Earth. So it's not sin. It's human beings have done this now. Uh, So, Alex Newman, we're going to continue on this. We'll have to wrap it up when we come back and then get to public school exit to briefly touch on the fact that uh, there is a good movement that people are trying to help what's going on, uh, the irreversible damage that 
some have caused in the public schools, but humanists do have a mission. More with Alex Newman in just a minute on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So, Alex Newman, tell us about these so-called Ten Commandments. I'm looking at them, and the untrained eye might look at this list of bullet points and say, well, these are kind of benign. Um, we are stewards of this world. You know, Christians don't want to be irresponsible, Right. Uh, we don't, we're not against recycling or, and we are against littering, by the way, but there, I think they take this to a different level. And if each one of these could be explained, like everything is interconnected, change our inner climate, um, I think their intentions are a little bit different than what the average person might read into these. Yeah, they are. And actually, they, they've expanded on those uh, Climate 10 commandments in the uh, intervening time. I mean, at first, they just put out kind of like a quick little buzzword. That's what they put on the tablets that they ended up smashing on top of <laughs> did they uh, really? Mount Sinai. <laughs> they really did, yep. They, uh, this uh, green energy grifter, a uh, guy who makes his living extorting taxpayers for solar panels and green energy junk. Um, he, he was up there, and he smashed these tablets, and he howls about uh, Here, I, I've actually got the exact quote of what he shouted while he was smashing the tablets, pretending to be Moses. Um, <laughs> true story, true story. So here's what he says. Um, we look down to Sharm el-Sheikh, and we're not satisfied. Right? Sharm el-Sheikh is where the U.N. Clown Summit met. Uh, he says, uh, the political leadership of the world has not come through on climate until now. It's the 27th gathering of world leaders, and things are just getting worse. We are calling on faith leaders to add to the sense of urgency and to have them weigh in, hopefully forcefully and globally to push for the reduction by 50% at least of global warming emissions by 2030, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, yeah, big, crazy ceremony. Wow. But, um, yeah, they added a little bit onto these, uh, the Elijah Institute, Interfaith Institute, which, by the way, is a partner of the U.N. It's funded by the U.N. It brings together all these self-proclaimed religious leaders, and they say um, – we are stewards of this world. Creation is not our possession. We recognize the human responsibility to love nature. Um, they say um, creation is not simply external to God. It is in significant ways permeated by God's presence and being. Right? It almost sounds like uh, pantheism to mm-hmm. me. Um, they say everything in life is interconnected. All are part of a greater whole. We must care for the planet. Um, what else do they have? Um here we go. Use thought and speech and action only for the good, which good is, of course, um, their definition of good. Of the climate. Exactly. Yeah. Not God's definition of good. Right. 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 Um, they say um, here we go. There are reactions when we harm the earth. Act knowing that every action counts. Um, what else they've got? Uh, the life of attentive, intelligent love is embodied in compassion and openness and pain to the vulnerability of the world. Right? <laughs> uh, and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, all, all this stuff about love the world. In fact, my Bible says very clearly, you better not love the world. Yes. <laughs> in fact, if you love the world, you are an enemy of God. That's right. First so. John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, I believe, in that area. Um, one more thing, uh, the rabbi that said, we will address the symptoms of the problem and manifest a new earth. And you write in your article, it's not enough for business and government to join the climate movement. Religions and their adherents must join the crusade. And uh, you said there are figures represented there from Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, the religion of, religions of India. So wrap this up, um, Alex, and then we will we'll move on. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think for, for Christians to be participating in this, and, and there are, uh, you know, evangelical leaders, actually the Archbishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland uh, was a part of this, um, is, is absolutely uh, an abomination. Um, you know, when I read my Bible, I go to Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. It says, uh, be, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, That's for right. what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part he, hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, wow. saith the Lord. Wow. And, you know, typically those verses are understood in the context of marriage, but I think they're really applicable here. We're talking about self-proclaimed Christians who claim to uh, trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, saying that eh, we basically believe the same thing as these pagan idol worshipers who, of course, Paul writes in the Bible, uh, are not worshiping just sticks and stones and things and pieces of wood. They're actually sacrificing to demons. That's right. right? So we don't all believe the same thing. And if you love these people and you believe the Bible, you recognize that uh, worshiping demons is going to land them uh, in an eternity that is going to be very undesirable, to put it mildly. And so we should be reaching out to these people in love and telling them the truth, not uh, bowing down and repenting of our carbon dioxide emissions. That's right. And read uh, Acts chapter 17 when Paul responded to that, the un- the idol, the unknown God. There was a, a temple or something uh, in Acts 17. But let's move on, Alex. Um, um, the, just this is blasphemy when, when faith leaders are part of this, uh, elevating the earth. So his articles over at the New American Friends, I'll have it linked at StandUpForTheTruth.com in the blog. Just a few minutes left with Alex Newman. Um, public school exit, you say what America and the church need is a massive and permanent exodus into the safe sanctuary of homeschooling and high-quality private schools. Um, what's the website and how can people get more information on this important resource, public school exit? Yeah, thank you, Dave. So that's at publicschoolexit.com. Uh, we really hope that, uh, you know, I'm just a volunteer there. I'm executive director, but it's a volunteer position. It's a labor of love for me because, mm. uh, you know, I, I don't want God's people to continue sending their children to godless and pagan indoctrination centers. Uh, you know, as parents, uh, we are ordered by God to raise our children up in the fear and the discipline and the admonition and the instruction of the Lord. We're ordered by God uh, in, in Deuteronomy several times to talk about God and his laws to our children when we wake up in the morning, when we're walking by the way, when we're sitting down to eat, when we're laying down to go to bed. Mm. Um, it, it's a mandate, as far as I'm concerned, for parents to take seriously the discipling of their children. Yes. And uh, right now, uh, Christian parents in America are not doing that. Something like 80% of Christian children are in government brainwash camps for 12 years, and something like 80% of those Christian children from good Christian homes with good Christian parents are going to leave the faith and leave the church if they sit in these government brainwash camps for 12 years. So we have a crisis, and um, the only way to solve this is to be faithful to the Word of God and to do what we're instructed to do as parents. Amen. And you used an important word. We're just not uh, bringing up our children. We're discipling. And we understand, Alex, those of us who have been informed, most of our audience, I believe, listening to this podcast, understand that the left and the godless want to convert children. And that means Christian children through the use of their, the indoctrination in public schools, Hollywood, media, social media. Your final thoughts as an encouragement to Christian parents. Well, you know, God gives us very clear instructions about uh, raising our own children, about the education that our children should receive, 
Um, it starts with something very basic. It's in Proverbs 1-7 and Proverbs 9-10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the mm. beginning of wisdom. They're not going to get any of that in the godless indoctrination centers that the government is operating. So that should tell you all you need to know right there. And uh, I'll, I'll end with the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our King. He say, he was quoted twice in the Gospels, once in Luke and once in Matthew, saying, uh, in no uncertain terms, whoever is not with me is against me. Amen. Whoever is not with Christ is against Christ. And if somebody wants to try to be intellectually dishonest and argue that the public schools are with Christ, be my guest, but uh, ultimately you're going to be the one responsible for that. So, you know, I, I love the, the Christians who teach in the public schools. I know they're trying to be a light in a very dark place, yep. but uh, parents, you've got to take this very seriously. Your, your, your children are at risk. And, of course, homeschooling won't save your children. Jesus Christ saves your children. But um, you do not want to allow them to be discipled by people who hate our Lord, our Savior, and our King. Alex Newman, thank you so much. Guys, you can check out libertysentinel.org, uh, The New American. Uh, you can also go to publicschoolexit.com. Brother, thanks for all the wonderful work you do. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. God bless you. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, so a couple different articles we will get to. Um, we can no longer say this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That comes from the CDC. Also, Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee uh, saying China is focused on defeating us and building their military. Meanwhile, our Pentagon is focused on a vaccine mandate and transgenderism. More on that in a minute. But I've got some good news. I want to take a little transition here from the Daily Wire and other outlets have reported on It's a Wonderful Life. One of my, if not my favorite Christmas movie, and of all time, all movies, out of all movies, I think that that is absolutely in my top ten list. If you have not watched It's a Wonderful Life, um, I'm not sure if you're a Christian. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But go see it. Um, watch it again. Buy the DVD. But it's coming to theaters this Christmas season to mark its 75th anniversary. It's a Wonderful Life. You heard that correct. Returning to the big screen for just a couple days. Um, it's an announcement from Fathom Events. And uh, let's see, Frank Capra's great Christmas movie in theaters, December 18, and again on December 21. I don't know how that works, but I guess they're just doing it for those two days. So it's a masterpiece. 75 years. They had no idea how big of a classic this Christmas movie would be. And I'll tell you what, guys, there's so many biblical themes in this movie. And one of the, my favorite ideas and concepts that's biblical in It's a Wonderful Life is the fact that God intervenes in the affairs of mankind. And he cares and he is a detailed God and he orchestrates events people, places, circumstances in our lives, in the lives of true Bible-believing Christians. And it's a wonderful movie. Uh, so It's a Wonderful Life coming on uh, the 75th anniversary in theaters, December 18 and December 21. Now, for those, the few of you, just the few of you who hadn't watched this or hadn't heard of it, don't know what it's about, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, Jim, James Stewart plays George Bailey. And he sets aside his dreams of world travel to run his father's small community bank, the Bailey uh, Building and Loan. And 
he finds out that's a way that he is really, God is helping him protect the people of this small community called Bedford Falls. And there's a greedy businessman that owns just about everything, and he's called Mr. Potter. And it, it says, the description says, when a costly mistake pushes George to the brink of despair and even think about suicide, a visit from a kindly angel shows George Baylor how the life of one good man can change the community and even the world. So it opened in theaters in the U.S. back in 1947. And uh, it, at the time it came out, It's a Wonderful Life was not a box office success. It was not a big, a big movie, probably because of the other movies that were in the theaters at the time. But the film dealt with the subjects of suicide, greed, love, and faith. And the fact that this movie has grown and has become a classic shows a lot about how our culture has changed. So I just wanted to give you some interesting news, good news on the fun side of things that this is going to be in theaters. I think my wife and I are going to plan a little date night, uh, assuming it is going to be held in our area. So check that out. Again, the 75th anniversary of It's a Wonderful Life. Um, So just have a few minutes left. I want to open up this brief, uh, it's not a brief article, because, I mean, this over at CNS News, CNS News, it talks about uh, Marsha Blackburn's entire speech. Um, So she's a Republican senator in Tennessee, and she went to the Senate floor a week ago and highlighted what she argued was the inappropriateness of the U.S. Pentagon focusing on a vaccine mandate, among other things, while the Chinese were focusing on defeating the U.S. and gaining world power. Very interesting. Blackburn said the Chinese Communist Party is doing the exact opposite of what the Pentagon is doing. They're focusing on readiness and building up their military. I know this is potentially disheartening because of what the the ideology of the transgenderism and LGBTQ and woke ideology just that's just manifested in our in our military because of the Biden administration. There are some good men and women in our military ranks and then forced vaccine mandates on the military. All these things that have to be overcome, friends. But she says this, quote, in June, they christened their first ever China. Their first ever aircraft carrier to be completely designed and developed in China. Their goal is to increase their fleet by 40% by the end of 2040 and quadruple their nuclear stockpile by the end of the decade. This is all consistent with Beijing's broader goal of becoming a military superpower. They're focused on on global domination. They're focused on readiness. They're focused on defeating us, America, and anyone else that would get in their way. So that's what China China is doing. What has America been doing? And uh, this is really sad, friends. I mean, Obama started the the damage in the Obama-Biden administration for eight years. Trump tried to uh, bring resources back to the military, defend our vets, and build the military back up in different ways. And now under the O'Biden Administration, it just seems like they're being uh, back to damaging the troops and the weakening the military. But Senator Marsha Blackburn continued, quote, 
Mr. President, for the past two years, the COVID pandemic dominated every news cycle. And if the mainstream media is to be believed, it was the leading topic of conversation at every dinner table, whether it was Washington or Nashville or San Francisco. And as the months wore on, it became glaringly obvious that while the pandemic was a concern, people were less worried about the virus itself and more worried about how the Democrats were using the virus to justify one power grab after another. Even in the face of catastrophic inflation, the employment crisis, the failure of public education, and the slow creep of lethal opioids into rural communities, the Democrats chose power over progress every single time, and in doing so, abandoned their duty to the American people. End quote. Senator Marsha Blackburn, this is just a fraction of her speech on the Senate floor, and I encourage you to look up this article and maybe even listen to it, because this is after two years now, um, and they just want everybody to just move on and forget the damage and ignore what's happening. That's like, you know, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> They've got damage. They're doing damage control now at this point, I think. But the talking heads in the mainstream media have spun the truth and the harm done to Americans and especially even students by virtual schooling, by forcing vaccines on children, young children, when they were the, le- the least susceptible to the virus. Anyway, there, there's so many decisions that damaged American citizens. So this article I'm pulling from is cnsnews.com. Senator Blackburn about China's focused on defeating us when we're on our focus is elsewhere. It's sad but true, but we got to keep up on this, friends. Understand what's happening and then trust God is sovereign over all of it. When we come back, we can no longer say it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is according to the CDC. That's next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, so we can no longer say this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Some shocking words coming from the CDC as data indicates that those who are vaccinated and boosted are going to be the greater share of COVID-19 deaths this winter. You heard that right, and that is not Opinion? This is coming from new data out of the CDC Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Who can forget the person in the presidency, in the White House, Joe Biden, saying just a year ago, he said he warned of a winter of severe illness and death for the unvaccinated. Now, Was he lying? Now, I'll say that he wasn't only because other people tell him what to say. So Joe Biden was just just saying what he was told, uh, in my opinion. So the people that were giving him, that put the words in the teleprompter and that tell him what to say and that write his speeches, the agenda-driven global power elites in the Democrat Party, yes, they threatened America to get the shot because they said severe illness and death are coming for the unvaccinated. Looking back now, one year, this was one year ago, friends. What are your thoughts? Looking back one year, were they right? Were they right? 
Well, we've already talked about articles and studies that have come out on people that are or have been vaccinated and boosted. And the numbers of those getting COVID, getting the virus, and even spreading it, they're greater than those who are unvaccinated. So what are the details? The Kaiser Family Foundation, a nonprofit that focuses on health care issues affecting the nation, issued a report uh, Wednesday analyzing the recent CDC data. According to the report, the share of COVID-19 deaths among those who are vaccinated has risen. Last fall, about 3 in 10 adults dying from COVID were vaccinated or boosted. But by January of this year, early this year, um, as we showed in an analysis posted on the health system tracker, the article states, about 4 in 10 deaths were vaccinated or boosted. By April, the U.S. Uh, CDC uh, shows that 6 in 10 adults dying of COVID-19 were vaccinated or boosted. Do you see the progression here? That was April, May, June, July, August. So we're about six months ago when six in 10. So the majority of adults dying from COVID-19 had the vaccine and boosters. Now, what did they tell us? I, I don't remember who was our guest. It may have been Mary Danielson and I on Friday that were talking about this when they told us the three lies. First of all, if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. Lie number one. Lie number two, if you get, you, if you get the vaccine, you won't spread it. <laughs> okay, lie number two. And I think there were others that came on after that. But now, just a f- several months ago in August, the CDC uh, found uh, more troubling information. Now, w- when I say troubling, that's because of what we were told, because of the propaganda put out by uh, the Democrat media. Hollywood promoting the boosters and the vaccine. You get celebrities saying, get the shot. They're doing commercials. They're coming up with Broadway tunes and making up their own songs on getting the shot, getting the vaccine. And what we're learning now is shocking when it comes to the vaccine adverse events that have been reported, not made up, reported. When it comes to the, I guess, the unknown causes of death, Suddenly dying, people suddenly dying. I just saw another article this morning. Um, anyway, let me let me go on, back to the article. So, taken together, the vaccinated and boosted represented almost a sixty percent, six zero percent share of virus deaths. That was in August, and now it's even more. So, the vice president over at um, Kaiser Family Foundation told the Washington Post that this trend has been driven in particular by three factors. All right. High-risk individuals being more likely to have received the shots, vaccines losing their potency over time. Now, remember what Fauci was almost promoting for a while there. Fauci, Lord Fauci, was saying almost perpetual vaccines and boosters. You will have to do this every year, get, then get boosted, then get another vaccine, a couple more boosters. And when does it stop? What are you injecting into people? Remember, these were experimental. All right. Now, some, I know, we, I just lost a few listeners just by saying that because they think we're fear-mongering here. This, you can look up CDC information now. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. It's being now, finally, um, the, some of the info is coming out. 
due to a Freedom of Information Act. And uh, so let's go over to the UK. There's also changes in immunity immunity among the unvaccinated. Um, so let's see. This report said people who have never been vaccinated are more likely to have caught COVID-19 previously. What does that mean? This gives them some natural immunity to the virus, which may have contributed to a lower case rate in the in the recent weeks. Isn't that amazing? Follow the science. Uh-oh. In quotes, science. Gosh, this is infuriating. So let me just repeat that in case you missed it or you're just trying to figure out, wait a minute, what did they just say? The UK Health Security Agency noted, <laughs> this was back in, in earlier this year also, in March, people who have never been vaccinated are more likely to have caught COVID-19 previously. But what does that mean? This gives them some natural immunity to the virus, which may have contributed to a lower case rate. What does that mean? People who did not get the shot but caught COVID, they took the precautions, they used wisdom, they decided, okay, I'm not going to be forced to do this, and they got COVID, they are now stronger in their natural body's immunity, natural immunity, the body's defenses. That's how God made us. God gave us an immune system. Now, I know there are issues for some people with autoimmune diseases. I know some people have stronger or weaker immune systems, but just over, just generalizing the, this, God developed our bodies. Like as, he knew what we were going to be faced with, right? Do you think he's up there going, uh-oh, my goodness, I wasn't ready for COVID. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> All right. In addition, back to this report. It also suggested that new variants coupled with a drop in masking, oh gosh, might lead to more deaths among vaccinated people. All right, one conclusion in this article, and there are many, many others. This was over at The Blaze. Um, We can no longer say this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Remember, Biden was putting that out there to guilt people, American citizens who wanted to have a choice, right? (laughs) We we wanted to choose our body, our choice, not to get the shot, not to have something experimental substance that would change your DNA potentially and have that injected into your arm. Um, So many of us chose not to. And now the CDC is saying, um, we can no longer say this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Why? Because more people, again, I'm just summing up, more people that have been vaccinated and got the boosters are have or are getting COVID than people that were not vaccinated. But the CDC is warning that upcoming this winter, COVID-19 deaths, um, there will be a greater share, in their words, greater share of the um, vaccinated and boosted in COVID-19 deaths. How that makes sense when, when we were told and we were, I mean, my goodness, you, the propaganda is still nonstop. I'm seeing TV commercials. And by the way, when you have a TV commercial for 
the pharmaceutical industry or for a health decision that they're trying to encourage you to make. Typically, those are private companies. Typically, it's a money-making endeavor when you have TV commercials telling you, get this, take that, take that pill, get the shot. Who Who's behind this? What do they get out of this? We need to ask these questions when it comes to the propagandizing of this and the commercialization of this, and it has been now. Hollywood, uh, Democrat Party, we've got celebrities, we've got in social media, so many people pushing the vaccines. I'm not sure if many of them are agenda-driven. I think they're just, for lack of better terms, useful idiots. But some are pushing this not knowing the damage it has caused because they're not informed. They have not done the research. They're just going along with the, the what they're told to do. This is, of course, you don't question <laughs> Lord Fauci. You don't question the science in quotes. You don't question the science. So uh, Fauci and other so-called medical experts previously admitted admitted that the COVID-19 vaccines do not protect overly well against infection. He admitted. Who was he? What, what position was he? White House Chief Medical Advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, admitted. In his words, the vaccines do not protect overly well <laughs> against this the, the infection against COVID. So what is he saying? Overly well. What does that mean? Do they protect well? Do they protect at all? How much do they protect? Well, what we found out is there's no guarantee. I'm sorry, guys. Fauci himself caught COVID. And that's when he, back in July, he said, the vaccines don't protect overly well uh, against infection. He did say they protect, in his words, um, against severe disease leading to hospitalization and death. But even now, we're learning that more people are dying from COVID who were vaccinated. And this is just sad. I'm not saying I told you so. And I'm not even, I have no joy in reporting this. And by the way, we might, we might eventually be pulled off of social media, our website taken down. We are, we're already suppressed and censored whenever we talk about this issue, um, medical malpractice, the LGBTQ, transgenderism. Uh, whenever we talk about a lot of these issues and subjects, we're censored, but there could be a time, and it may be in the near future, with the, especially with the disrespect for marriage act passed. But, I mean, we, a lot of people are taken down off social media for talking about this, for just sharing the truth and the CDC in their own words, and even Fauci in his own words, and connecting the dots. And he even said, Fauci, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your com- community. I mean, he said this in, last month in November, knowing full well that it does not protect you, in his own words. It does not. The vaccines do not protect, quote, overly well against infection. So what, what does that say? He's complicit. He's complicit. All right, I've got to move on or I'll just blow a fuse here. But you can go to StandUpForTheTruth.com. We will have these articles and links in today's blog. And Alex Newman is the guest. He was on, for, if you just tuned in, Alex Newman was on for the first half hour. 
We talked about Elon Musk and the Twitter files showing that big tech, the one party, Democrat party, big tech, social media conglomerate did in fact help Joe Biden win the 2020 election. There's evidence that has come out now. And the GOP, of course, vows to investigate, blah, 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 blah. There will be no accountability. And I'm just a little jaded when it comes to investigations because the lack of effort and the lack of truth and the media is also complicit in this. They are not serving the best interests of American people or they're not serving all Americans. The media is serving half of America. All right, I stand by that. I, that's the one thing that started me blogging and writing when I was promoting truth in free speech and free and the media to begin with. This was like 10, 15 years ago when I started blogging on this. The media was infuriating in how they're so one-sided and now openly so. They're not even trying to hide their bias. Anyway, also we talked about the fact that uh, Alex Newman came back from Egypt and he t- went to this U.N. climate summit and the religious leaders from different, I mean, Islam, uh, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, they're trying to unveil these so-called new Ten Commandments to get people to repent of harming the earth, Mother Earth, right? So that's with Alex Newman. But all these links are in today's podcast notes on the blog. Again, standupforthetruth.com. Okay. Um, tomorrow. <laughs> Mayor Danielson will join me with J.B. Hickson as our guest, part two of the interview of his Spirit of the Antichrist, volume two, an amazing book with extensive research. Can't wait to talk to J.B. tomorrow. Um, going ahead to Friday, we got or Thursday, J.B. Jay Siegert and Linda Harvey on Friday. And remember that new book coming out on social justice from Lighthouse Trails. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.